Life Audio. On October 7th, the nation Israel suffered a horrific invasion by Hamas terrorists, leading to devastating loss of life. Dr. Rex Rogers, president of SAT7, offers important perspectives on encouragement for you. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. recent episode of the Encouragement Live radio show, SAT-7 President Dr. Rex Rogers and host Don Hawkins discussed the Hamas attack on Israel and its implications for the possibility of an expanded war in the Middle East. Now, part one. Sadly, in our country and in other countries as well, massive anti-Israeli demonstrations and and, uh, students and uh, many uh, institutions of higher education uh, of a Jewish background actually afraid uh, to go to school. Um, But Rex, uh, isn't moral clarity obvious for any right-thinking person given the debased nature of these heinous acts that were took place? Uh, the, the attacks on these unsuspecting and innocent and unarmed Israelis? Well, you would think so, and, and it probably would be if it wasn't so complex. I've used the analogy that if there's a gunman, God forbid, in our local public schools, and that has happened in the United States, our concern there is for the safety and security of our children. And that probably means that law enforcement, duly uh, elected, appointed, legitimate governmental coercive force, one of the purposes of government, has to go in, maybe use violence, to reestablish peace. And I think most people are supportive, most, I think, believers are supportive of Hamas terrorists coming to account. But how do you do that? And how do you do that in a highly urbanized, complex area, two and a half million people kind of jammed into an area the size of metro Philadelphia? Uh, Rex, uh, help us process the crisis in the Holy Land and what we've been hearing in the news now. Give us a little perspective. Well, a reminder that this goes back um, hundreds of years, a couple thousand years, actually. Mm, yeah. We're talking about ethnic hatred. Uh, we're talking about race. We're talking about religion. 
Uh, we're talking about an area of the world that is considered the center of the development of the three largest, quote, religions in the world, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And so there's incredible sensitivities involved in this, and we'll not figure out the politics and actually don't even want to get into that. But we do have to be reminded that there are believers, uh, there are Christians in all the parts of the Holy Land, there's Christians in Israel and West Bank, uh, up in Lebanon, uh, certainly also in Gaza. Uh, there are people who, who know Christ and are attempting to shine forth His light in that darkness, and the least that we can do is to be sensitive to that and to pray for them as part of the body of Christ, pray for their protection and their witness, and pray that in God's providence a just peace can be established where people's lives are preserved as soon as possible. You know, Rex, uh, when this first happened on October 7th, Kathy and I were in Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, we were headed uh, for the Africa Theological Seminary, and we found out that some of the seminary faculty had been caught in Israel. And then when we came back, we found that uh, others that we, uh, people that we know, had been uh, trapped in Israel for a period of time as well. And I'll have to admit my first response was that I was angry over this, and I like to think was a righteous anger. Uh, but should our first and lasting response be grace and mercy, God's justice, God's peace? Uh, is it possible to respond with both anger and grace? Well, I think it is. Uh, it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of thinking through, and it has to be the right kind of anger in terms of how God would view sin. We live in a fallen world, and there's sin, there's evil. We have to confront that. We have to pray for God's protection and providence in that. We don't know God's purposes. We know so much about God and His purposes, His character, His will in Scripture, but we don't know it exhaustively. And we don't know how God can use this incredible tragedy from our perspective, and it is a tragedy where human lives are being destroyed, how God can take that evil and turn it to good and how God is working in the Middle East. He's not surprised by what's happened in the Holy Land. Rex, uh, when, if ever, is violence justifiable, and who is justified in employing it? Well, the Scripture is pretty clear that, uh, first of all, I'm not a pacifist, and I always respect their writings, but uh, I don't think, you know, living in a fallen world, a sinful world, that's a viable philosophy. But God recognizes and knows that evil exists. Satan is the prince and power of the air. Then God allows people to choose, and we generally choose sin, we choose wrongdoing. So in Romans 13, Romans 13, 3 and 4, it talks about us being not afraid or being fearful of ones in authority because they're there to do right by us, and uh, they're there to uh, exercise uh, their authority against wrong mm-hmm. and to uh, bear the sword for a reason, and that is to punish the wrongdoer. So violence sometimes has to be employed to curtail violence, but only by legitimate authority, and legitimate authority is government authority. That could be, of course, uh, on a local level, police forces, law enforcement, or it could be on a government national level, a military action. Now, whether the military action or whether even the police are always doing it the right way at the right time, Mm -hmm. uh, there are individual human beings, too. You can critique that. We can go off and look at that, and that's where it gets very complex and very difficult, and that's where it's very difficult right now. Even if you go back to just war theory, which many Christians have done right. in thinking back all the way to St. Augustine, one of the key principles of that is proportionality, uh, and the other is do not kill combat non-combatants. 
Well, again, it's very, very challenging to go in and to try to kill Hamas terrorists and hold them accountable in some way in the midst of urban landscape, highly dense landscape, civilians. You don't know who they are. Are they bad actors or are they innocents? And then, of course, even if they are innocent, things happen, unfortunately, and the ripple effect. So what is proportionality? When you think about something as, as heinous, and as horrible as what Hamas did. Yes. I mean, this, this is, these are innocent people. They didn't have guns. They didn't have, right. uh, a lot of people think that since the Israelis all serve in the armed forces, male and female, they all have guns. They don't have guns. No. Uh, they didn't have any ability to push back, and it took, for some reason, took several hours for the Israeli Defense Force and military to get there to help protect them. And, you know, you end up with 1,400 or so people that were just slaughtered in the worst possible ways. Some people have said, well, that's unprecedented. Unfortunately, it's not. There are many times, it's not to trivialize it or, or anyway, but right. unfortunately, there are many other examples in our history, world history, where horrible things like that have happened. But what what's a proportional response? How do you... How does Israel respond to that? If you and I were in charge, what would we do? Yeah, and that's a that's a tremendously uh, complex, as you've uh, mentioned and, and asserted already, difficult question. Uh, and of course, you've got the factor of people who've been taken hostage, uh, including yeah. some U.S. citizens as well as Israeli yeah. citizens. Uh, and uh, obviously, that invasion is is going to try to get into the tunnel system that has been. Uh, crafted underground there in that whole area uh and uh, uh that's uh, the kind of thing and some of our military people i've heard some of them on some of the uh, different networks talking about uh, what we learned in iraq and and uh, afghanistan in terms of uh, uh house to house fighting and and uh, even uh, tunnels and that kind of thing so there are so many factors in there I think of a biblical perspective, um, Rex, uh, Scripture tells us to rejoice with those that rejoice, but to weep with those who uh, weep. And there's a lot in Scripture about lamenting and pain and suffering. In fact, I was reading an article the other day where it seems like we have forgotten what lamentation is all about. Well, back to that point, is it possible to feel righteous anger and a desire for justice at the same time? or an ability to exercise grace and mercy. I think the only way uh, I, speak for myself, can exercise grace and mercy is if God overcomes my heart and works through me. Hmm, So there is that there, and there are people that, you know, we are believers. We come back to that. We are Christians. Let's look at the big perspective here. Uh, One thing we can do, uh, maybe people don't want to hear this, but we can pray for Hamas. Hmm. These are human beings. You know, it's like you pray for Taliban, uh, a year or so ago, and probably should still continue to do so. You, you mentioned that. I can remember encouraging people to pray for the salvation of Osama bin Laden before yeah. he was taken out. I believe yeah. breath, there's still hope. Yeah. Now, is it likely they're going to sit down and uh, and reason? And uh, do they have a commitment to anything? No, their stated commitment is the annihilation of Israel and the Jewish people. Yes. Uh, how you negotiate with someone who wants to eliminate you? But God is God, and, uh, you know, nothing is impossible to him. There's nobody that's unreachable. So we need to pray, and that's part of our weeping, lamenting, that there are Gaza citizens that have been desperately hurt, who have been killed, who don't know where their children are, or their, you know, these horrible things you hear of 
Gazan parents, I uh, heard one today, uh, where they've decided to split up, husband and wife, because they, if they split up, they have a, maybe a greater chance that one of them will live. Hmm, yeah. And they want one of them to live because they have children. Sure, yeah. And it just rips your guts out when you think about that, uh, what that's like. Um, and they have nowhere to go. And people yeah. have, I've, I have read, by the way, it'll be a long comment, but I've read Christians writing that really disturbed me because basically they just, you know, call down, you know, the Old Testament uh, approach and let's just destroy them all. I mean, they're basically talking about genocide. Yeah. Just and, wipe out anybody that is not an Israeli. And then there, of course, there are people on the other side, uh, pro-Palestinian, who are who are saying that in our streets, mm-hmm. uh, in the river to the sea. Well, okay, fine, but what do you do with 9 million Israelis that are yeah. there right now? Yeah, and river to the uh, sea is very clearly, uh, we want to wipe out the state of Israel. And, and yeah. as you've said, that's part of their charter. That's part of the Hamas well, charter. It's Genocide either way, and, and what whoever's saying, that's obviously not, I hope it's obvious, not yeah. a Christian perspective. Yeah, certainly not. And however upset we feel, however difficult it is, um, and it is for me, to pray for, quote-unquote, those who are the enemy, or to pray for the evildoer, that's, that's something we can do. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, Heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. Now let's resume listening to the discussion between SAT-7 President Dr. Rex Rogers and Encouragement for You host Don Hawkins on the Israel-Hamas conflict in the Middle East. I want to talk about the state of the church in Israel and the Holy Land and, and, and also in Gaza. Are the Christians on the ground in the West Bank in Gaza and uh, Lebanon, Iran? And certainly there are in Israel, and, and you've talked about Iran many times. Well, there are many in, uh, we know in Iran, there are many secret churches or underground, sometimes they're called churches. And they're, by the way, with Sat 7 and broadcasting into Iran and broadcasting in Arabic throughout the Arab world. And we broadcast into the Holy Land because there are many Arabic-speaking people there who watch Stat 7 TV. And as you travel in Europe, just like Sam in the Middle East, that most, most people you bump into speak two or three languages, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so they, they can pick up on one of them, and they're watching, and there's a, there's the body of Christ there. There are, there are Christian people there. There's underground churches, two of them that we know of, in Gaza itself. There are about 250,000-60,000 Christians in uh, what we call Israel, uh, the nation-state of Israel. I don't know how many in the West Bank, but I know that they're there because I've actually met Christians in the West Bank. I've been there myself in Bethlehem and beyond, and I've always said, look, if you think it's difficult to be a Palestinian living in the Holy Land, be a mm. Palestinian Christian yes. living in the Holy Land where all your neighbors are of a different religion and don't, <laughs> don't trust you. Yeah. So they're there, and they can be salt and light in ways that we don't understand because we don't live there and we don't have their experience and their, their wisdom, but it's, it's very difficult. And then Lebanon, 
Lebanon may be drawn into this, God forbid, but if it is, you know, Sat7 has this major studio mm, in Beirut. Yeah. We have a lot of Christian friends there. The church is there. Lebanon is is probably the most, uh, of all the Middle Eastern countries, is the one with the is closest to having some form of religious liberty mm. that we can recognize here in the United States, where you can be of different, you know, different backgrounds and you're able to to function and and to worship without someone coming in and, and stopping you unlike Iran or some of these other places. So they're there what God can do with that I I don't know but yeah. you know uh, but certainly he can work through it and uh, this is not something new in God's uh, God's uh, understanding or timing. Rex, any specifics on what Sat7 is doing with this crisis going on as a multi-platform broadcast media in the middle of the crisis? Well, we've been running uh, special prayer programs and so, I mean, that's, that's one of the most important things we can do. We say, well, we can, at least we can pray like that's, you know, okay, we can't go do more important things, but we can pray. No, pray is, pray is the most important thing we can do. Mm, yes. And involving the Lord and calling out for uh, lamenting uh, and uh, sharing our concerns and then asking God to engage the way he wishes to engage. Because we know God loves Jews and Arabs, you know. Yes. Uh, all in, uh, Gentiles, or if you didn't, I wouldn't be uh, part of this and wouldn't be a believer. None of us and would. Scripture speaks pretty plainly. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, or male or female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Uh, God offers his grace, his forgiveness, his redemption, his hope to Palestinians, to Israelis, to Hamas terrorists, to Iranian imams, to Afghan Taliban. Uh, that's the beauty, the, the amazing transformative power of the gospel and of the Christian faith, and we won't—we don't want to lose sight of that in the midst of this tragedy and terror that God, God has His strong right arm on yeah. this. He He can take what is evil. I remember the story of Joseph, and Joseph told his brothers, "You intended this for evil, but God turned it out for good uh, to save many people alive." And our God can do that. Rex, it seems to me that as we look at this situation, uh, it really comes down to uh, our focus on prayer. And and maybe the question is, how do we pray regarding this current conflict? Well, I think there's other things we can pray for. I mentioned earlier praying for the Christians on the ground, uh, praying for the body of Christ, the church. We can pray uh, not simply for peace, but for a just peace. Mm, yeah. Uh, I say just peace because I do think bad actors need to be held accountable you know, when I say praying for peace, I'm not talking about making a political statement against uh, Israel or anybody else that's involved. Uh, I'm just saying that, that peace matters. Christians can pray for peace and work toward justice at the same time. We should be praying for the preservation of life, praying for children. There are many innocent, well, children by definition, and then yes. there are pregnant mothers and families and old folks that are just in the middle of this that have there's no physical ability to get out or go anywhere. That's another thing I've read, rather glib statements by pundits that, well, the Palestinians should just get out of there. Well, where should they go? You know, yeah. they're not yeah. allowed to leave. Yeah, they can't they go down to Egypt. That's been blocked off. Right, and Hamas stops them, and, you know, it's kind of uh, arrogant statements sometimes we read in our own press. So you, you pray for God's peace, his just peace. Uh, pray for the hostages. We have no clue. Yeah. We sure can guess, and it's ugly to think about what they're going through. But pray for them, that they can be returned uh, safely. Mm, yes. Pray for um, our international leaders. Again, throw politics out the window. I mean, none of them know yes. how to fix this. Right. I don't know how to fix it, and only God can fix it uh, through Christ. So pray for international leaders that 
they would be wise and compassionate, uh, that they would look to the Lord for answers. Uh, I think pray for, one of the things that Seth Seven's been concerned about is pray for the next generation. If we're going to have a period of nonviolence and non-hatred, well, it's going to have to start with those kids, because mm. the ones that are my age are probably too far gone and committed, but not always, if there's always hope. But yeah. Pray yeah. for the kids, the next generation, and those young people. Yeah. And then I think pray for Seth Seven, if you don't mind me saying that. It's, no, yes. It has a regional ministry. We have, being a television, satellite television, we, we speak to 23, four countries at the same time. And most nonprofits don't have that sort of power or reach, if I can say it that way. Right. So one of the beauties of this, I'll quit with this, is that we can alert uh, Christians in all those countries to pray. And you can have, we, and we know this because I'll call it a Sat7, uh, Christians in Algeria or Morocco or even in Iran and are writing us on WhatsApp, I'm praying for fellow believers in the Holy Land. Or yes. I'm praying for God's peace or I'm praying for this, you know, the church. So there's a, you know, the body of Christ is at work across the Middle East and North Africa, and we're able to encourage that and enable them uh, in that way to be ambassadors of reconciliation. And and what do you think should be the voice of the church in America, given what's happening in the Middle East and in the world today? You know, the American church, we're, we are rightly told, taught, and we rightly think to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Right, yes. Many of us have been to Israel. We have an affinity for Israel. We love the Jewish people. All of that is right and appropriate. So by all means, pray for Israel and the Jewish people. But we need to remember, God loves Arabs, too. He created them. Uh, He loves Palestinians. They're not, you know, they are not themselves the devil. Yes. Um, They're not dismissible. They're not uh, expendable. They are human beings that we can. So as a church, a body of Christ, we can demonstrate love and compassion and uh, the grace and mercy we talked about before. We can seek to support organizations that are providing humanitarian aid or obviously spiritual relief like Set 7 in terms of, you know, uh, the gospel and edification and discipleship. We can understand that uh, God's at work, and hopefully we can demonstrate our faith in Him and and pray for healing and and unity in the body of Christ. And uh, people don't realize, you know, one of the things that we talk about peace, but one of the reasons peace, obviously, so that you don't kill people, there's not violence. But the other thing for peace is that human beings can be able to do what God's given us to do. And, and you know, human flourishing, sometimes theologians say. Right. That we're able to live out our lives as unto the Lord. And so freedom isn't possible in violent upheavals like we're witnessing right now, whoever started it and whatever is responsible So we need to get back where that is possible and people can live out their lives uh, and hopefully come to know who, who the Lord is. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. 
It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.